Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Let's bow together just for a moment. I want you to think about that name and what that name means to you this morning. I know he's more than wonderful, isn't he? Uh, He's altogether lovely. He's our everything, right? Let's bow together just for a moment. Just pause for a moment of silence and just think about that if you would. Father, we do thank you for Jesus, our great Savior. We thank you for the opportunities we get to worship him. We look forward to doing that this morning, right here, right now, in this place. We celebrate you. We ask you to manifest yourself in a very unique way. We ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. And the church said, amen. Well, amen. Good morning, church. It's sure good to see you. Don and I are glad to be back. We took a little break. I'm not sure if you noticed or not, Uh, but uh, we took a little break and um, we enjoyed doing some of the things that we enjoy and uh, we enjoyed being with some of the people that we love, our family and grandkids, and so it was pleasant, it was nice. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back home, uh, back uh, serving the Lord, and we look forward to it. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for encouraging us and, and letting us know you missed us. That's always, it's nice to be missed. Huh? It's terrible when you come back and nobody even knows you were gone, right? So good to be missed, and we're glad to be back home. And we're glad you're here today. If you're visiting with us, uh, we, we really want you to know we appreciate you coming and fellowship with us. You're a first time, maybe first time in a long time. Uh, we're glad you're here, and I trust that uh, you enjoy the service and, and uh, meet some friendly people. Open Bible is a great place, great church, friendly people, and uh, we're glad you joined us this morning. You have your Bibles with you? I want you to join me in uh, Exodus chapter number 15 this morning, Exodus chapter 15. Now, I didn't know. No, don't go there yet, guys. Don't go there yet. Man, they are such an... They love this message. They can't wait for me to get into it. Uh, But uh, the song they sang just before the last, Coming Back to Worship, that that was great selection because my my thought this morning, uh, my message today, in fact, this morning and tonight, is on worship. And, uh, and in fact, it might even be on worship for the next couple of weeks. Uh, just kind of get us back to that place uh, of worship, what, what it really means. What, what's it really mean to worship God, you know? Uh, I was thinking about this this past week. There's a, there's a line in a song that we sing that kind of captures this thought. Now, here's the line. You ready? Go ahead. Here's the line. No. You missed the line. Go back. There you go. Sing like never before. Think about that with me. Sing. That's a great challenge, isn't it? Sing like never before. Do you know what song that comes from? You, you know that. You sang it before. It comes from that song, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Go ahead. Flip it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Worship his holy name. Look at that line. 
sing like never before. That's a challenge, isn't it? Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Uh, The next verse, the first verse, that's the chorus. The first verse goes like this, flip it. Uh, The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. Now look at these words. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Now take that in for a second. That's more than a song. That's a challenge. Look at it again. Sun comes up, new day dawning, right? Uh, it's time to complain. Huh? You know what they say, the older you get, when you get out of bed, you find out. <laughs> Somebody said how old you are. I was going to say this, you have things you never knew that you had because now they hurt. And what doesn't hurt doesn't work, right? You know? But he said this, sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to, it's time to sing your song again. And then, look, look at the last line, when the evening comes. Look, let me be singing when the evening comes. And there's some great truth there. And, and I, I liken it to this. I liken it to singing in between. Say that with me. Singing in between. And I like, I like what the song said a little bit ago about uh, worship isn't just singing a required song. Right? I'm going to try to convince us this morning that worship is a lifestyle. It is. Worship, what, what does it look like? What's worship look like? Well, it's a lifestyle. And I want to share that truth with you. Look at this text of Scripture. It's really interesting. In chapter number 15, book of Exodus, verse number 1. Chapter 15, verse number 1. I want you to notice, I want you to notice what happens here. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And they spake, saying, mm, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. They kept singing, The Lord is my strength and song, and has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him uh, a habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Now, think about this with me for a second. Uh, I want you to notice who it is that's singing in this text. Who is it? It's Moses. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't, I don't, when I think about Moses, I just don't get the, I don't get the image in my head of somebody who's singing unto the Lord. I get, I get this picture for some reason, I don't know why, but when I first saw that movie, The Ten Commandments, I cannot get that picture of Charleston Heston out of my mind every time I think about Moses. You know, right? He just fit the part. I, when I think of Moses, I think of Charleston Heston, you know? And so, but I don't think of, uh, I don't think of him singing. I think of this, this fellow with, you know, white hair, white beard, glowing face, and kind of gruff, you know, standing there with the shepherd's staff. I don't picture him singing, and yet the Bible says in, in this text that he sang. In fact, he not, only, he not only sang, but give me a little bit of liberty, he was the worship leader. 
He was leading the Israelites in song. And a little bit more liberty, liberty I believe he composed this song. You know? And it's, it's a song of praise. Did you see it? Look at it again. Then sang Moses. He said, I'll sing unto the Lord. He had triumphed gloriously. It's not a song of complaint. It's not a song of woe. It's not a, f- a funeral uh, service. He is worshiping God. Are you with me? It's a, it's a song of praise, and he's praising God here for what God has done. He's looking back, and he's remembering Pay attention right here. He's remembering the powerful movement of Almighty God in his life and in the life of that nation that he personally witnessed. That's awesome, isn't it? We, we sing it like this. Do you ever sing this? It goes like this. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. You never sang it, did you? Christy, you sang it before, right? Huh? The Lord, my God, my strength, my song. Amen. You didn't know I can get off that high, huh? <laughs> it says, the Lord is God and I will, my Father's God and I will exalt him. That's great. That's a great song. You don't often think about Moses, however, being, right, a singer, a song leader, a worship leader, and yet here he is in Exodus chapter number 15 doing that very thing, right? Uh, we find David composing songs. They're called psalms, right? And David himself in Psalm 98 said this, verse number one. Go ahead and flip it. He said, oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Look at this. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory, Right? That, that's, that's Moses, that's, that's David who's composing that. Uh, Moses sings the same tune, for Moses said this, he said, uh, uh, he hath triumphed gloriously. Right? Now, I want you to notice something. Go ahead and flip it back, guys. I want you to notice something, and this is the key. I want you to notice an interesting sidebar. Both Moses and David sang in between. What does that mean? Pay attention here, please. They sang in between. They sang after they experienced great blessings, and they sang before the next difficult moment in their life. Let me prove it to you. Right here in chapter number 15, Moses is looking back, and he's remembering the Exodus. Did you ever read the story? Unbelievable, right? Miraculous what God did, how he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. But if you continue to read, go, go with me just a couple of verses down to verse number 22. It says, and the people murmured, uh, verse 24, and the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So here he is, he's singing, he's remembering uh, the past, he's singing after Donald, after the blessings, but before the very next difficult spot in his life. He's singing in between. Well, I guess it was better when I studied it than it is this morning. (laughs) Think about that for a second. He's singing in between. What he does here, I think there's some lessons to learn, Um, but I don't want to miss that point. 
Now pay attention here. Singing will not prevent difficulties from coming. Huh. They won't. I mean, you can wake up in the morning and begin to sing, and it might be the worst day of your life. But I'll tell you what singing will do. Are you listening real good? It'll prepare your heart. It'll prepare the attitude of your heart. It'll prepare you for those difficult times. Huh? There's no doubt about it. And, and I think this, I think uh, someone said this. Someone said, our, our thank you today prepares us for the battle tomorrow. Another way of saying it uh, is like this. Praising God on the mountaintop will help you to praise God in the valley. And if you've been alive long enough, you know this. God didn't create us. He didn't build us. He didn't make us for the mountaintop. He built us, right? My brother, look at my brother who's an Oswald Chambers fan. He built us for the valley. Life is lived in the valley. And he brings us up on the mountaintop every once in a while just to catch a glimpse, maybe to catch our breath, maybe to get some wind under our wings so that we can go back and live life in the valley. And that's where it's lived every day. Right? And so when, when you dissect this song uh, that Moses sang, there's a lesson here on worship. And I want you to pay good attention to me this morning because I want to say some things on purpose when it comes to worship. Uh, when you begin to look at verses 1 through 3, here's what you find. You find worship was directed or focuses its attention on the Lord. And so the first thing I want you to note if you're a note taker is worship is focused. Did you hear that? Worship is focused. And when you read this text of Scripture, we won't read verses 1 through 3 again, but I would highlight the fact that over and over, I will just look at the text, he says, he says, this song unto the Lord, I will sing unto the Lord. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is a man. The Lord is his name. What does he say? Everything that Moses is doing as he's singing this song, as he's leading these people in worship, is directing, he's directing their focus onto the Lord. Did you get that? And so if we're going to learn a lesson here, it's this. The Lord must be the focus of our worship. We need to direct mm, people's attention to the Lord when we worship. Hello? Now let's just cut to the chase here because sometimes you come to church and you think, we think, we've we've been led to believe that worship is, we, we worship when we sing. And we do. Or at least we should. And let me say this from my heart this morning, not just because I'm the pastor here, but from my heart, I do believe this team this morning led us in worship. So, Pastor, I didn't like that song. Look look at me. Read my lips. Get over it. If you came with the right heart attitude and you listened to those songs, they were directing our attention to the Lord. Every one of them. And they weren't randomly, arbitrarily selected. We didn't, we didn't say, oh, my soul, Carrie, Aaron, we got to get some songs. What do we sing today? No, they were prayed over be, be, before they were selected, before they were placed in that order, and then prayed over during the week. Our worship team already knew where those songs were going, and our worship leader, Aaron Ngala, wanted to make sure he was directing everyone's attention toward the Lord. Huh? Worship is, is focused. Uh, when you read this text of Scripture, here's what you find. Moses takes no credit for the Exodus. 
Not one time did he say, hey, hey guys, <laughs> what do you think? I showed up, huh? No, not at all. Nor does Moses, he doesn't give any credit at all to the military leaders, right? They don't have a banquet and give out trophies. There's no plaques. There's no MVPs. Are you listening real good? They didn't boast about their uh, military strategies or their strategic, you know, planning. Not at all. Not at all. They got to where God wanted them to be, and they pause, and Moses leads them in a song. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song. What's he doing? He's focusing the whole attention of worship on the Lord. Well, that's important, isn't it? How many of you understand where I'm at right now and what I'm trying to say? How many of us know there's places today that call it worship, but it's not worshiping God? It's worshiping those on the platform. It's worshiping the talents of the performers. By the way, we don't have performers. We have born-again, blood-washed, heaven-bound, Bible-believing members of Open Bible Baptist Church that have a heart for God and come up and play instruments. They're not performers. Now, they will sign autographs if you, if you want, <laughs> but they're not performers. Look here, our worship as a church and our worship as individuals needs to be God-focused. God-focused. And if you're coming here with a desire, with the right heart attitude to worship God, the songs that are, that are being uh, sung, uh, being lit, I, even if it's not your genre, it doesn't make a difference because it's focusing attention on God. And man, it just prepares your heart. Are you with me? Let me say this for those who sing. Worship is not about a certain song. Oh, uh, Carrie, uh, Aaron, I just got to sing that song. Christy, I just got to sing that song. Now, if you just got to sing that song, that's probably not the right song that you got to sing. (laughs) Worship's not about singing a certain song. Because if that certain song doesn't fit, if it doesn't blend, if it doesn't direct focus to God, sing it at home, sing it in the shower, sing it at work, sing it at Walmart. But let's 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 leave it out of church. What say ye? It's not about a certain message. Well, I'll tell you what, every once in a while, I just want to preach something. But I realize this, if I should preach what I want to preach, you may not come back next week. Because sometimes I think I got all the answers, and I want to correct every problem in one message. And guess what I do when I do that? Make more problems. I've been doing this for 35 years, making problems, uh, preaching the Word of God. Right? Are you with me? It's so, so worship isn't about a certain song. It's not about a certain uh, message. No, it's about directing people's attention to the Lord. And that's what you see Moses doing here. Huh? He didn't say, he didn't say this. I, I'm going to labor this for a little bit. He didn't say, hey, hey, now gather together because I want to I remind you, you backbiting, complaining, <laughs> miserable Israelites, I told you what God was going to do, but you drove me crazy for the last 
No, he didn't go down that. It wasn't, I told you so. It was, look what God has done. Makes all the difference, doesn't it? Can I point out something other? I want you to notice this. Look at verse number six. Here's a message. He says, thy right hand, speaking about the Lord, right? Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Jump down, if you would, to verse number 9. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. Look at verse number 10. Thou did blow with thy wind, the sea covered them, they sank as lead in the mighty waters. Look at verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? The second thing I want you to notice is this. Worship, worship has substance. Did you get that? Let me slow it down a little bit for us this morning. Worship is focused, and true biblical worship has substance. (laughs) Notice how Moses carefully records the works of the Lord in the Exodus, right? And we can read more, but if you read it for yourself, I mean, he's leading the children of Israel in worship, and he's just, I mean, line after line, bullet point after bullet point. He's just recording all that God did for those Israelites. Hello? Man, I tell you what, friends, that substance, they're recognizing the greatness of God. I would say this, they were pure in their worship. They were pure in their doctrine. Moses had it right. He was recording it properly. Uh, you know, real, real worship has substance. It's doctrinal. It lines up with Scripture. And real worship begins with the person who's leading the worship. Come on, you can say amen. You're not going to hurt Aaron's feelings. You won't hurt the Moses. It, it begins right there. It begins right there. Look here. Uh, we could easily... Probably, I think if I talk to the, uh, to the financial team, Brother Steve, we can probably easily, you could probably easily give me liberty to go out and hire some gifted, talented, sharp, handsome, charismatic worship leader who would come up here and just dazzle us with his voice, with his skills, with his abilities. But that doesn't mean he walks with God. Huh? It doesn't mean he walks with God. It doesn't mean he's going to lead us in worship. We may leave here and we might say, man, that guy's got a great voice. Boy, that guy can put a service together. Boy, I'll tell you what, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, and miss the fact that worship is supposed to focus our attention on. See, true worship has substance. And it begins with the person leading the worship. They've got to have some substance about them. Hello? Now, we don't want somebody up here who can't sing, right? Because they are, I mean, that is what they're called to do, right? So, I mean, we get somebody right with God. You know, uh, come on up here like myself. I try to live right with God, but I wouldn't be able to lead you in a worship song. In worship, I wouldn't be able to do it. I can sing choruses, and I think i got a good voice. I don't. My wife says, you can sing great. Just keep it in the shower, right? Hmm. 
But what, much of what we call worship today is nothing more than smoke and mirrors. It's sad to say that. I'm not ripping anybody. I don't have anybody. Yeah, well, I really do, but I don't have anybody in mind. How can you tell? Let me tell you how, how you can tell. Some of this worship is so shallow that it, er- it, it evaporates before you get out of the parking lot. It certainly does not cling to you, stick to you, or help you the next day. It was just all emotion, getting pumped up. And, and by the way, look here, I'm an emotional person. I'm Italian. I, I, like, I like energy. I like song services that are upbeat. I hate dead, dragged down. I hate that kind of stuff. But I know this, my Christian life cannot be built upon emotionalism. It's got to be built upon the truth. And so worship is focused, and worship has substance. Now, let me give you an equation that I want you to think about. Go ahead and flip it. Music plus Scripture plus action equals worship. Uh, Take a second. Go ahead. I'll give you 30 seconds. Write it down. Music plus Scripture plus action equals worship. Say, preacher, what does worship look like? I'm going to show you in just a moment. But this is the equation, right? So you, you, you come to church on Sunday morning, evening, Wednesday, whatever you come, and you say, I'm going to go worship the Lord. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Well, we're going to have music, and we had music today. But worship doesn't stop when Aaron says, I'm finished. When the team leaves, no, now we just, we just kind of we change gears. Now we, now we worship God through the Word. Say amen right there. We're still worshiping right now. So it's music and the right kind of music. And by the way, team, you did a great job this morning because you led, you led me right into this message. And we didn't kibitz, right, Aaron? We didn't talk. I was on vacation. I knew what he was selecting, but I didn't say select this because I'm preaching on that. My wife didn't give me the message until last night. So I didn't even know what I was preaching until last night. And so, uh, but... Man, did you see how it just blend together? Will, you were sitting next to me when he's singing that song about worship, and what was I saying? Uh-huh, right on, that's good. I wanted to give you one of these and say, that's what I'm preaching about. Why? Because it's lining up. Music plus Scripture plus, say it with me, class, action. You know what that means? Now, you've got to take what you hear this morning, the music and the message, and put it in action. And then you know what you're going to have? Worship. Then you'll have worship. Look here, if you thought worship was going to end by you doing this while he was singing, you haven't even gotten started. Worship is when you and I take what God has done in our heart this morning and live it out there tomorrow and Tuesday and the next day. Amen? Worship. I want you to notice one final thing about worship. Worship will grow you. Worship will grow you. (laughs) When you read this text of Scripture, it's interesting. Here's Moses. He's just led the children of Israel, you know, out of the wilderness. And that was a journey, right? Did you ever read it? I mean, over and over, they're complaining about this, complaining about, you know, getting getting them out out of Egypt, going into the, I mean, just one thing after the other. They're on a journey to the promised land. 
They got, they got, some, they got some things they're, they're going to have to... And immediately, immediately he's faced once again. He's leading them in worship, and immediately the people put him in a tough spot. Look at verse 22. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured. What's another word for murmur? Complain. You could put Baptist right there. And, and the people were Baptist and complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Now, wait a second, man. They just seen God show up in a big way. They just seen God do some wonderful things. I mean, Moses is leading them to sing, you know, he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and his rider, is he thrown into the sea? I mean, and here they are complaining because they don't have any water. Preacher Riddell, if I were Moses, I'd have certainly looked at them and say, really? Man, you people are wearing me out. Come on, man. Give me a break. Give me a day off already. That's not how he responds right here. He cried unto the Lord. He calls unto the Lord. You know what I see in Moses' life? I see some growth. <laughs> I see some growth there. Uh, he cries unto the Lord, and the Lord gives him some real good counsel. He showed him a tree, which had, and, and when you read, I mean, he's, and now he's buying some wells and some palm trees. He's in Florida. <laughs> you know? Isn't that amazing? And once again, we find Moses in that place called a rock in a hard place. You ever been there? You know, you know, you know the best way to describe being a rock in a hard place? In between. That's where most of life is lived. In between. Huh? One blessing and the next trial. Rock in a hard place. Huh? Life is fluid. You've heard me say that before. And so are circumstances. They're fluid. The Lord gives Moses some real clear direction here. We could say that Moses was growing as a leader. His time, his time of worship on the mountain prepared him for life in the valley. And that's what worship will do for you. Right? So now, here's the question. You ready? Here's the question. Here's where it gets practical. I want you to ask me this. Preacher, what does worship really look like? Thank you, my sister. I'll, I'll answer you. Well, what's worship look like? Huh? What does it look like? All right, let me, let me see if I can't, let me see if I can't maybe hint to what it might look like. Are you ready for this? You ready? You ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Worship helps a stranger fix a flat on Monday. <laughs> see, you thought, you thought, you thought I was going to say, when, when Aaron says, let's sing, you sing, and you raise your hand. No, worship, true worship, music, scripture, action, worship will help somebody fix a flat on Monday. A stranger. What's worship look like? Worship helps a brother fix a roof on Saturday. Oh, you turned me off now, huh? Help me here. Uh, worship takes a senior citizen to the market. <laughs> You're not going to like this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Worship tells a lost person about Jesus. 
What's worship look like? <laughs> worship rolls up the sleeve and gets busy. Listen to this one. Worship dips into the wallet and becomes generous. <laughs> worship sheds a tear. Worship cracks a smile. Worship shows up in daily life, not just on Sunday morning. Worship. <laughs> right? I know we call this a worship service. What do we mean by that? Here's what we mean by that. We're going to put, we're going to put some things together in this service that's going to help us go out this week and show people what worship really is. Because if you define worship, here's, here's how it's defined. It's got nothing to do with a church service. Worshiping God is when you and I have been led to a place where we're willing to trust Him, serve Him, honor Him, be loyal to Him, love Him. That's worship. And you know where that's done best? Out there. Out there. That's where it's done best. Out there. Worship. <laughs> you know? Somebody wrote a book. Oh, it's been, it's been a while now. Some of you probably, Christy, you could probably help me with this. Worship Wars. You read that book? You ever see that book? It's been out for a while. And you know what that's about? That's about the difficulties going on in churches just like this when it comes to worship styles. And the problem is this, Donald, we miss the whole point as to what worship is. It's not about a style. It's not about a song. It's not about the, the label on your church, Baptist, Methodist, community, Episcopal. No. Worship is a lifestyle. We go to a church to be, to be motivated, to be challenged, to be influenced, to be instructed. To worship God. Where? Everywhere we go. Right? Huh? Sun comes up, a new day dawning. What am I going to do? I'm going to sing that song again. I'm going to sing like I've never sang before. That's difficult. Come on, man, that's tough. There's some days I don't want to sing, there's some days I want to moan. Fight, complain, hide, cry, quit. Hello, did I hit yours yet? Yeah, well, I'm a pastor of church. I'll wake up singing. I wake up sneezing. I have terrible allergies. Every morning I wake up sneezing, you know. And, and, and there's days when I, I can't believe this. God, I can't even pray right now, won't you? And I find myself complaining to God. I'm not singing. I'm complaining. I'm like the Israelites. By the way, don't get that big of an opinion on Moses because they did get to him. Because later on, they drove him such crazy, asking for water again, that God said, speak to the rock, and Moses hit the rock. Right? And it cost him, didn't it? Uh, human beings. 
It's not, it's not easy. It's not an easy task. I'm not saying this is easy. Worship's not easy. Worship's difficult. The songwriter said this. He said, and on that day, I'm still in that same song, Bless the Lord on my soul. He said, and on that day, when my strength is failing, listen, the end draws, draws near and my time has come, still my soul will sing your praise unending. 10,000 years and then forevermore. Huh? And on that day, hey, look here, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. I hope, it's, I hope it's the day of the rapture. I really, I would love to experience the rapture. How about you? Yeah. I don't really like roller coasters because I got inner ear problems. But with the rapture, it's going to fix all that. You know? Huh? Wouldn't you like to go up like that? Come on, be honest. Huh? I'd rather be raptured than die, but I'm not afraid to die. I'm going to heaven. On that day, whether it's through rapture or death, doesn't make a difference. <laughs> when my strength, the end draws near, my time, I still want to be singing unto the Lord. Amen. Praises to your name. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a song? Do you have a song? Carrie works in the office. Did you ever hear me whistling? All the time, right? All the time. All the time. And I'm a pretty good whistler. All the time. There's always, there's always music playing, Emma, all the time. First thing I do when I get in my car, I put on some music and I sing like a rock star. You know why? It keeps my mind off of life. Because right now, I got a great burden in my heart for what's happening at the church I pastored in Florida. Great burden. I'm, I'm, I'm burdened about moving our church forward and getting us, getting us in the right, just in the right mode with a really good balance. You know, not being yesterday's service and not being so tomorrow that we lose ourselves and lose our identity. Huh? Right? We don't want to be old-fashioned. Come on. What's, what's good about being old-fashioned? Huh? You got you to remember us older people. There's younger people coming up that don't remember yesterday. Huh? We just need to make sure that when they step into tomorrow, they're walking in the right path. Huh? That's tough. That's difficult. You know what I do? I whistle. <laughs> I whistle. I sing. I sing like never before. I got a new song that I sing. How about you? Listen carefully. We need to learn to sing after and before, and we need to learn to worship God in between. Amen? Now, I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but I want to invite you to come on back because we're going to continue this thought tonight on worship. I'm going to take it to another level, you know, and we may even get into worship styles next week. I'm not sure. It all depends on how you behave yourself. <laughs> but let me ask you this. And I'm finished. A couple of quick questions. Don't answer this out loud. Just is for, for us in our hearts. Do you really understand biblical worship? Do you? That equation, you know, music and scripture and action, that, that'll take you a little bit further down the road. Because it's all about how we respond. It's all about what we do with, with all of this. Right? Here's another question. Uh, what, what do you need to maybe do differently this week 
something in your life you need? I do. I need something different this week. I know I do. Why? Because if I, if I plan on growing, then this week I'm going to have to do something different. There's going to be a new challenge I'm going to face. Life is fluid, right? New challenge, new start. I got to be able to face that. And what can you take from this time of worship today into life this week? That's what we need to be thinking about when we leave here today. What can I take from this time of worship and put into action this week? What does worship look like for me? Huh? Maybe it's just going to work tomorrow with a smile instead of Monday morning again. Huh? Maybe, it, maybe it's buying somebody a cup of coffee. Listen, you're going to love this. You know I like Wawa, right? So we were in Florida last week on vacation. And, and I went to the Wawa right down the street from where I live. There's, there's a Wawa down the street from where I live, and there's a Wawa down the street from where I, I used to pastor. I would not live or pastor anywhere that they don't have a Wawa. <laughs> so, Donald, I get up that morning, and I wasn't really paying attention. I went into my, my, my dresser, pulled out a T-shirt, and the T-shirt I put on had a, a little something ditty-ditty on it said, Be the Church. That was our theme down in Florida, Be the Church. Be the church. And honestly, I didn't even give two thoughts about it. I just put it on and went, I was, I was going out, stopped at Wawa, get a coffee, made my coffee standing in line, about two or three people back. And the fellow in front of me looked at me and said, I like the t-shirt. And I looked down. And I said, oh yeah, thanks, appreciate that. He said, that, that's, that's what we need to be. We need to be the church. I said, you're right. He said, you know, I've been out of church for five years. And I didn't tell him I was a pastor or anything like that. I, I'm just getting a coffee, you know. Been out of church for five years. And he goes into a story. I, I wasn't looking for the story. I wanted my coffee, right? I'm on vacation. I don't need stories. But he goes into his story. And here, here's the story. He's out of church for five years because he was working with a guy who went to the same church that he went to. But he said this, the guy was one way at church and another way outside of church. And he said, Pastor, what hurt me the most, oh, he didn't say, he said, what hurt me the most is when I tried to get counsel from my pastor, and my pastor kind of teamed up with him. And I thought to myself, but this isn't right, because he's not living the way he ought to. And he said, so I just unplugged. He said, I shouldn't have never done it. He said, but I'm back in church now. And what we need to do is be the church. I said, man, that's great testimony. Thank you for that. He said, let me buy your coffee. I wore that T-shirt every day after that. bought my coffee for me. Wasn't that nice? Huh? When was the last time you did something like that? Just randomly. You see somebody struggling. Just, what's it going to cost you? $2.19? See, that, that's when you take what you got and you put it. You walk into the market and you give somebody a smile. That cashier's having a hard day and you just, you don't have to be overwhelming with it. Just, you know, the customer before you was a real nincompoop. You know what I mean by that? Did you ever watch Three Stooges? No? All right. Okay. Right? And, 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 and you see she's having a hard time. Just walk up and say, you okay? That wasn't pleasant, was it? it it's got to get better because it can't get much worse than that. Huh? And you just make somebody's day a little bit brighter. And you know, guess what it does? It makes your day better. Huh? It's not real complicated. You don't need a Bible college degree to do that just need a heart to do that, to make a difference. And guess what will happen? People will see the difference you're making. Yeah. 
And that's what it's all about. Focusing everybody's attention on him. That's worship. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Thank you for Open Bible. We appreciate what you've done through the years and what you're doing today. And we're praying you do some great things in our future. If you should tarry, may our best days be ahead of us. Help us to be a congregation of worshipers, knowing why, knowing what, knowing how, when to just worship you, serve you, focus our attention on you. God, help us. And as we leave this place this morning, may we look for ways this upcoming week to be Jesus to somebody. Help us to do that, Lord. If there's someone here this morning who has yet to trust Christ as their personal Savior, our heart is touched. We're praying for them. We want them to experience what we've experienced, the joy in having Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. May today be that kind of a day in their lives, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.